Thomas Harris. Good morning to you, Pastor Harris. You're now on the air. Amen. Thank you there, Brother Donald Easton. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Thomas Harris bringing you the Bible Unpacked broadcast. We're coming to you live and in living color from the studios of WGPL 1350 on the AM side. And we want to thank you for tuning in on today. Uh, I want to open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, for this opportunity. They come across the airways and on Facebook Live, oh God, we give you praise, honor, and glory. We ask, oh God, that you would just pour out for your people on today, God, that they would receive something that they stand in need of, oh God, that you would meet every need, that you would speak to that situation, that you would address that condition that, it, that they are experiencing on today. And we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. We thank you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast on today. Uh, for you who are joining me on Facebook Live, thank you. Let everyone know that we are live. And for those of you who are right here in Hampton Roads, thank you so much for uh, tuning in on today. I want to I want to um, share today from uh, second, well, actually from First Samuel, the um, first chapter. First Samuel, actually First Samuel, the eleventh chapter. First Samuel the 11th chapter, I want to look at verses 1 and 2, and we want to talk today about conditions. Conditions are those things that are that we are presented with, and these conditions can be good conditions and they can be adverse conditions, but whatever the conditions are, they come to change certain things. And I want to highlight these things here as we see them in First Samuel, the 11th chapter, verses 1 and 2, how conditions came to affect the lives of the other people, and it was, it was up to them as to how they responded to the condition. Conditions can come to bring good things if the response is right, and conditions can come to bring bad things if the response is wrong. So, we want to look today at the conditions, and also we want to see through the word who's bringing the condition, who's bringing the circumstance, who's bringing the situation, and that will let us know oftentimes how we should respond. All right, so we want to start off today in First Samuel, the eleventh chapter. I want to I want to look at verses one and verse two. Okay, so it says then Nahash. The Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve thee. Verse number two says, And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition will I make a covenant with you, that I may thrust out all your right eyes and lay it for a reproach upon all Israel. Now, just a little background on this. The children of Israel had just received their first king. Prior to this, God said to them, I'm your king. But they saw that the surrounding nations had a man as a king. And so they said to the prophet, tell God, we want a king like everybody else. God was opposed to it and the prophet was opposed to it. But the people insisted, so God said, okay, give them a man as a king. So as soon after they received this 
man as their king, here comes an opponent. His name was Nahash the Ammonite. And as I read, he came and he sat up outside the, the borders and he was threatening to make war against them. And when they saw him, they they immediately went into a a a basically I say you know a survival mode and they began to ask him to make a treaty with them and in verse number two Nahash says to them on this condition will I make a covenant on this condition will I make a covenant with you that I may thrust out all your right eyes. And so the, the condition of the, the terms of the, the treaty was that they would come and present themselves to Nahash and that he would line them up, all the men of Jabesh Gilead, that he would line them up and then pull out or thrust out or dig out all of their right eyes. And so the, the condition that was presented was something that was going to change their lives for the bad. All right? Conditions come to change something about you. And it is up to us to make a, a wise decision as to how we deal with these conditions. Because conditions are going to keep coming. Whether they're, whether they're coming to bring good or whether they're coming to bring bad, they will bring something, uh, they will present us with something that could change our lives. And so we see here that his desire was to lay a disgrace. He wanted to lay a reproach. He was bringing about a set of conditions, a set of, a set of circumstances, a, 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 a certain situation that was going to change their lives. And not only would it would it change their lives, but it was going to affect the lives of everyone that knew them. Because once you affect, once once we as individuals are affected, those that are close to us, those that know us, will also be affected, uh, whether directly or indirectly. Because once these men of Jabesh Gilead um, would get their eyes gouged out, then that means their immediate family would be affected by it. All the other tribes of Israel would find out about it and they would be affected by it. And so these, these conditions that this Nahash the Ammonite brings was something that was sent to change their lives. And so when we are presented with conditions, sometimes conditions come and they have, they have uh, the, let's see, the intention of changing our lives. And so we need to be able to see who it is that's bringing these conditions. Because sometimes people come and, and they may not even know it, but Satan is using them to bring conditions into our lives that will try to coax us into a certain place. You know, you ever heard about you had your back up against the wall? You ever heard about you? they had me pent up in a corner? Why? The, the conditions... The circumstances, the situation came and it, it maneuvered me. It, 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 it coaxed me, it lured me into a certain place. And then I had to come up with a, a, a way to get out. I had to come out with a, a, a way to change 
the condition or to change my circumstance so that I could get out of that thing. All right. And so I want to look over now at Matthew eleven twenty eight. And this is very important for us to do because sometimes when conditions come, the answer that we need is not is not in us. It's not in our minds. It's not in our thought process. The Bible tells us to lean not to our own understanding because leaning to our own understanding, you are only able to to um, to bring up what's in you. But when we have the Holy Spirit, he's not caught off guard. He has an answer to every situation, every question, no matter what it is, plague, virus, sickness, disease, family situation, whatever it is. The Spirit of God has an answer for it. And so Matthew 11, 28 says this. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the first thing he says is, come to me. So when we are faced with conditions, and these conditions that are adverse conditions that come to change our lives, and, and, and so rather than us being ready, to surrender or to try to walk or to bear the weight of all of that stuff that these conditions bring, God says, come to me. You know, when you were growing up, we had situations where we may have been in school and the bully was picking on us and the bully was too big for us. And maybe it was more than one person. Maybe it was a couple people and they was always picking on us. And, and, and so the push came to shove. And, and, and what happened? You had a cousin, you had a big brother, you had someone else that could assist you. And that person told you the next time this one or that one comes to you, you come get me. You come get your brother, you come get your sister, you come get me, you come get your cousin. What happened? We were, we were told that I will come and I will assist you in that condition. I will assist you in that situation. All right, so the same thing applies right here. Matthew eleven twenty eight. it says, come unto me. The first thing, whether, you know, no matter what it is, whether, rather than us trying to work it out in our own mind, he says, come to me. The first thing we should do is come to him. He says, come to me, all you that labor. So we're struggling. I mean, with the news of today, everybody, everybody in the world knows what's going on today in the world. And, 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 and it appears that the governments are struggling with the situation of how to fix the situation. People are in a panic mode. They're ready to do, you know, just about what they got to do. You know, certain items in the grocery stores are not there and people are on edge. You know, this social distancing, I mean, it's taking away, a, you know, a, kindly affections you know people are, are on edge because they are afraid of their neighbor so the condition has brought something that shouldn't even been there you know affection towards mankind you know we want to keep our distance you know don't you don't have to speak to me you don't have to come near to me you don't have to come close to me keep your distance right Rather than coming together and, and, and fellowshipping and praying. I mean, I understand what the, the you know, leadership of the land is saying. And, and we and we'll, and we'll uh, use wisdom in, in, in practicing that. But, but the underlying thing is you got people 
you know, keeping it space and, and basically it's, it's um, fueling division. I mean, it's not obvious. It, it may not appear obvious, but basically that's what it seems like to me. Everybody's keeping their distance. We can't fellowship together. We're not, we're not breaking, you know, we're not fellowshipping. We're not hanging out. We're not doing all these things. Yeah, you still can, you can be creative and we should be creative and, and keeping that bond. We should be creative in keeping that bond. But what I'm saying here, he says to us, no matter what you face in your, in your own situation, in your house, on your job, in your community, no matter where you are, what you're going through, what you're experiencing today, he says, come to me, all you who labor. So instead of trying to figure it out and work it out and all this, he says, bring it to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, what? Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. People are so much on, he says, he says in verse 30, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So people are so much on edge because of what's going on. The condition has brought something that, that's changing people. Conditions come to change something about you. Nahash the Ammonite says, on this condition will I make treaty with you that you will line up all your men and let me gouge out their right eye. He came to lay a disgrace upon the people so that all the other tribes of Israel would know that he came up on them and there, there was nothing they could do about it. And so this, these conditions that come to our lives, they want to be imposed on us. Uh, they want to be imposed on us so that we basically uh, are defenseless to it. And then the devil comes and brings this stuff into our lives. He imposes it. And then we are basically left trying to, to deal with it, to, to adjust. Right? But, but the word of God says, he says, come to me. I'm your big brother. I'm your Lord. I'm your Savior. Come to me. Rather than being under the weight of that thing, you have it laden, you burden, and all this other stuff. He says, come to me, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. He says, hook up with me, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Why? Because I'm under it with you. All right? That's Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Let's look over at Matthew 13. Matthew 13, starting at verses 24 through 30. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. All right. So here it says, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and the and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So what's this? What's going on here? 
there's something that has come that that has uh, tried to be uh, mixed in with the good stuff. So we the conditions come. See, this was a condition. The field was doing just fine. He sowed good seed in his field, but the enemy came and sowed in some bad stuff, and the good and the bad were growing up together. So he says, don't mess with either one of them. He says, at the time of the harvest, I'll do the separating, and I will, get the, I will get the, the tares destroyed, and the wheat I'm going to gather into my barn. So the, the, the devil uses people or situations or conditions to change the game. He tries to throw you something that will catch you off guard, get you to throw in the towel, get you to say all is lost, get you to say this, this, there is no hope. He comes to take your hope. He comes to take your peace. He comes to take your trust. He comes to take your joy. He wants to take everything that's good in you. He wants to take your fellowship. All right. But God says, come to me. All you who label, I'll give you, I'll give you your hope. I'll give you your peace. I'll give you all these things back, right? And so the 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 wise the wise uh, uh, field owner says, no, don't bother it right now, because as they mature, we'll be able to tell what's good and what's bad, and then we'll be in a in a better situation, a better place to be able to separate. All right. So what we're saying here is. The enemy wants to bring some stuff in and sneak it in. Notice, notice the, the, the enemy came and did this, but he didn't do it while the, the field owner was there or while the field owner was, was paying attention. He did this thing while the field owner was not there, while the, while the servants of the field owner were not around. He, he snuck in and did this thing. And so the, the Bible tells us way back in Genesis, he says that the serpent is more, more subtle than any other beast of the field. That tells us that the serpent, our adversary, he's crafty, he's calculating, and he does stuff underhandedly. You know, he does things that may not appear to be craft right away. It may not appear to be craft right away. It, it, it may appear to look like something that's good in the beginning. He says, but the longer you allow it to grow, the more you will be able to tell what it is. So there may be some conditions in our lives that we have accepted. And these conditions have come to change our lives, but not for the good. And so no matter what your condition is, you have to come to that place where you say, I, I don't want to accept this anymore. Whether it's a, it's a lifestyle, whether it's a habit, whether it's something that, that you've tolerated, something you've seen and you've tolerated it for, for a long time. You know, wherever, you're, wherever you may be, you know what it is. You know what you know exactly what it is. And 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 so the Spirit of God it will say to you today, it's it's time. You know, you know what it is now. That thing has grown to the place where you're able to tell what it is and do some separating. He says, Allow me. He says, and that takes us back to Matthew, uh, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight. He says, Come to me. All right, so once you're able to identify what it is, he says, Come to me. And now allow me to do the separating. 
because if you try to separate it, maybe you will make it even worse. He says, but I've got, I've got some reapers. I've got some reapers and they know how to do separating. God says, I know how to do separating. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a heart situation. Maybe it's a soul tie. Maybe you hooked up in a situation you shouldn't be in. Maybe you're trying to give affection to somebody who should not be receiving your affection. Maybe you compromise. Maybe you are looking at some stuff that you know good as well you shouldn't be looking at. Maybe you are entertaining a, a relationship. Maybe you are entertaining a situation. No matter matter what it is. I'm not coming to throw stones at you. I got, I got issues of my own. I'm simply saying the word of God and the spirit of God is saying to all of us today, God wants to do some separating. You got some conditions that have been going on and on and on. And we turn the other cheek. We look the other way. We say, well, maybe I'll do it a little while longer. And these see conditions come to keep us in a condition. Conditions come to keep us in a condition. You know you're in a bad thing. You try to pull off. You try to pull back. But a situation comes and you feel you feel like you, you got to stay there a little while longer. I'm vulnerable. These things play on your emotions. They play on your mind. They play on your, 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 your finances. They, they play on all of these things in order to keep you in a place where you know you should be released from. Because it's not God's will for you to be in it. And, and in your heart of hearts, you know God's will is not being done in your life. But the condition says... You can't make it on your own. Your condition says, I, I, I need to stay here a little while longer. But God says, if you come to me and stop laboring under that thing, he says, I will send some reapers. And they will be able to separate you from that thing. Why? Because these reapers are skilled in separating. Notice he, he didn't say, I'm just going to send anybody out there. He says, I'm sending reapers. And reapers know how to separate. Amen. They know how to separate. All right. So let's see. That's, um, that's Matthew 13, 24 through 30. Now look over at John 15. John chapter 15. All right, John chapter 15, and I'm going to read, I'm going to read verses 1 through 17. All right, John 15, 1 through 17, I'm reading it all. Let's go. He says, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband man. He says, every branch, well, let me go back. I am the true vine. All right, that's the root. That's 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 where that's where the flow is. I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, the vine dresser. He's he's the one that keeps keeps the garden. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. There it is. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, or he prunes, that it may bring forth more fruit. So that stuff that's that's already growing. He knows how to snip it just right to cut off some stuff that it continues to, to flourish and produce more fruit. There's some attachments to us that need to be detached so that we can be productive. Verse 3, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. That word washes. 
Verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you accept, no more can ye except you abide in me. So he's saying that because we're connected to him, what's flowing through him is flowing through us. So if there's something that's attached to us, he says the husband man, the vine dresser, he's the one that pruneth or purges to get that stuff off of me. Stop attaching, you know, to me. Stop allowing things to be attached to you. Stop accepting stuff that's going to draw strength out of you. Stop attaching or allowing things to be attached to you that's going to take virtue out of you. That's going to take anointing off of you. That's going to take our eyes off Christ, our eyes off the mission, our eyes off the prize. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide in me, he is cast as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So if the, if the believers... If the ones that are called by his name, if the ones that say, I'm, I'm his child, I'm his son, I'm John heir. If we say, Father, deal with this, uh, deal with this condition, deal with this virus, deal with this sickness, deal with this cancer, deal with this plague, get it off of me. Then he says he'll do it. But the thing, but the thing that, that the enemy brings that keeps that stuff attached to us is sin. Sin is, is a condition of the heart. Sin says that it's legal for me to bring conditions on you because you keep dabbling in, in sin. All right. So to get rid of the condition, you got to get rid of the sin. All right. And so that's why we, 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 we've got permission to repent. Verse number seven. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. The Father is glorified by his, his followers. He's, he's glorified by the actions and the conduct of his people. Verse 9, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. How many of us have still have joy in the midst of Corona, still have joy in the midst of layoffs and, and go back home? And, you know, and, and work from home and no school. The kids had to pack up and go back home from campus. Seniors in high school concerned about whether they're going to be able to march. Not nonetheless, not, not, that ain't even talking about the senior trip and the, and the senior dance or, or, or the, the, the prom. You know, come to steal your joy. Verse 10. 
He says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abided his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Amen. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If ye do so, if you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things have I commanded. These things I command you, that ye love one another. All right, so the lack of love. We see a lack of love going around, and, and you know, because... Because the condition is threatening our, our way of living, our way of life. All right? Got to move. Almost time to go. Let's look over at uh, James. Let me get there right quick. James 4. James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7. All right? James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So resisting, that means when, when conditions come, don't accept that condition. What did he say in Matthew 11, 28? Come to me. I got you. Come to me. Don't try to figure it out. Come to me. All right? Uh, I need to close. Uh, 2 Chronicles. Everybody knows 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive your sins and heal your land. Let God come and do the separating. Let him do the pruning. Let him address that stuff. These conditions come into our lives. Some conditions come. To, to bring us into a better place. Some conditions come for elevation, but some conditions are coming to take us out, to bring us down, to steal our joy, steal our hope. So let us identify who's bringing the condition. And if the conditions are coming from the adversary, he says, turn them over. Come to me. Come to me. And if the conditions are coming from the most high God, he, he says, accept the condition. Let me prune you so that you can be or elevated he says because i've ordained you for for this time this season because he's getting glory off of our lives amen this is pastor thomas harris bringing you the vital impact broadcast until next week right here where i say farewell for now amen for the past 30 minutes you have been listening to the vital impact radio broadcast with your radio minister pastor thomas harris Make sure you stay tuned once again. On Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Vital Impact broadcast on today. Worked up a little sweat in there. That's all good. So, hey, man, if this word has said anything to you, be sure to share with someone. And um, just we want to thank you for tuning in. And uh, remember these things, man. This, this, all this stuff is, is conditional. It's conditional. You know, it's subject to change. And uh, so no matter what the stuff is, I, first of all, identify who's giving it. If it's the adversary, he says, come to me. You know, we, we've heard stories. 
especially in times when we were growing up in school, when someone was picking on us and, 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 and we had a cousin or we had a brother, we had a sister that came along with us and helped us deal with that situation. Maybe it was two or three people on you. And they said, okay, I tell you what, you're going to deal with that one. And I'm going to see to it that nobody else jumps in. That's our father. He says, come to me. You ain't got to fight this thing alone. Whew. So anyway, I've already shared all that. Thank you for tuning in on today. Until next time, this is Pastor Thomas Harris saying so long for now. Amen.